Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On 1116 SEN, this is the Flag Flyers for the American-Australian Association, devoted to strengthening relations between the United States and Australia. Hello everyone and welcome to the Flag Flyers, the place where we profile and chat about all the Aussies flying the flag for us in the US of A. I'm Christopher Tyler and finally... He's back in the studio, Lockie Miller. What's going on, buddy? I'm glad someone's uh, happy to have me back in the country. Well, it was funny because I saw you yesterday and you told me that you were pretty much, you'd been back in Australia for as long as you went to the States in the first place. You didn't go for very long, but it felt like ages and you missed a few shows. So maybe you're just lazy. I don't know what it was. I went AWOL on you. You kind of did. Yeah. You didn't tell me you were back when you were back. I thought we were mates. Clearly not. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I apologise. Anyway, but we're back into the show. As long as you're back. I'm back. And it's been a good few weeks because we got to listen to the chat that we did with Sam Groth a few weeks ago. We got to listen to the chat we did with Jason Bennett. All Fantastic those, interview. Absolutely. All those chats can, of course, be found uh, at scn.com.au on the SEN America page. So make sure you do check those out because they are fantastic chats. And we're going to continue those fantastic chats today, Lockie, because in the studio with us today, I went to Project Australia's training yesterday because I'm going to do some writing for, uh, for Chappie, for Nathan Chapman. And I met a few of the boys, and one of the boys that I met was a kid called Bailey Flint, who's actually played high school football over there, and he's come back to train the Chappie. He's been training since, uh, I think, a couple of months he's been training with Chappie, and obviously he has a desire to go to college, or to a Div 1 college. So we're going to be getting him in the studio to chat about his journey, firstly, during his first stint over at the States. He actually played with Bailey Kenter, who we've spoken about plenty of times on the show as well, um, and Obviously, his journey through pro kick and, and what he plans to do because this is this kid has an amazing story and I'm looking forward to having a listen to it. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I think it's uh, I've been aware of him for maybe about a year because of the Bailey Kenter connection. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you came to me with uh, with him as an interview suggestion and gave me his backstory, it's actually uh, you know a really um, uh, layered sort of story that he's got, and it, um, you know. Uh, really excited to have a chat and, and find out um, the details about you know uh, his time in the US, but also you know uh, what he's doing now to transition because it is it's not a normal sort of thing that he's doing, and I think that uh, you know it'll be, it'll be good to delve in um, a bit deeper and um, get some details. It's a very unique story, and of course we'll be doing uh, the normal round in the bases as well. We'll be chatting some NFL with uh, with James Arthur from the SEN NFL podcast as well, another terrific SEN America product. So we'll have a chat with him. But first, let's have a chat with Bailey Flint from Pro Kick Australia. Joining us in the studio now is Bailey Flint, one of the Pro Kick Australia boys. He's been there for a couple of months. He joins us in the studio now. Bailey, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, thanks for coming in, mate. I met you for the first time yesterday, and you've got a tremendous story. I was talking to you for about half an hour, I think, yesterday. You are one of the boys that uh, came up to me at training, and, and you kind of went through your story. You've already had a stint in the States, so a lot of these guys that are training with Chappie at the moment, they haven't been over yet. They hadn't played high school football over there. You're one of the very few who actually have. So how did you actually make your way over to the States in the first place? And and what were because you weren't a punter at that stage either. No, I wasn't. I was a bit um I was a bit bigger as well. So when I went over there, pretty much because of my size, um, I got put on to play like offensive line. So you six you six four, is that right? Yeah. And how how big were you at that stage? Uh, I was probably maybe hundred and ten kilos. And how big are you now? Oh, I've gone down to about ninety six. Yeah, that's a good effort, isn't it? Yeah. 
But towards the end, in January, I was 123. 123 in January? Yeah. That's when I was still <laughs> over there. So just after the season. What were you eating? A lot. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. All right, so, so tell us how you actually made your way over to the States in the first place. Well, okay, so it all started when I, um, I played for the Western Crusaders in Footscray. And I played for the junior team there. It would have been two seasons ago now. And then from there, I played for the senior team. And I, I went through about half of the season with those guys and then went to the Future Stars camp uh, through Paul Monera and, like, Bring It On Sports. And when I was up there, you know, just got another taste for, like, playing against guys who had flown from America. You know, we had – there was, like, four or five teams um, of seniors from that had just finished high school. And we played against them with a – I guess you could say an all-star Australian <laughs> team, which was – it was pretty cool, you know, and it was a really cool camp. You know, there was, there was – I'd say there was about 60 of us in total, you know, some big boys there and kind of just – Got a taste for what it would be like to so be in a program. U- U.S. high school kids came out to play here. Yeah, so the uh, it was the Down Under Bowl. Okay. So every year they they send guys out here, um, pretty much to make teams from all their states and stuff. What, what's the standard of the uh, of the high school guys from the U.S.? So are they are they Division One prospects or are they more just the that's their their, their pinnacle? I wouldn't say so much. They're all Division One prospects because they're all. Um, they're all coming over here around the same time as where they would go. They'd start their, um, their Co- pre-season training over at college. So yep. these guys are, are more the guys that just didn't make the cut to go to, to, to play D1 football or just didn't make the cut to play football and just want to have that one last little, you know, little game. But they're, they're still really good. You know, the, the quality of players over there is really high. That's why they're so picky in college, and that's why the best of the best come out. Yeah, I think um, the st- statistical sort of um, ratio of kids that go from high school to to uh, to college and then even to NFL, like I don't think people truly appreciate, you know, how rare it is to actually, or you know, how good you have to be to end up Division One. Uh, oh, hundred percent. It's under one percent or something like that. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's, it's tiny. Um, and that's 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 just I suppose counting all people on the roster, let alone scholarship athletes. So, um, yeah, but exactly because you got all the walk-ons as well. Yeah, absolutely. So with you, you were playing at Leighton Christian Academy. Yep. How did that come up? Because there ended up being four Australians on that team. Yeah, on the team. I actually laughed at one stage because um, Oscar Godsell was to my right playing tight end, and I looked up and I see Oscar playing tight end. And then over him was Bailey Kenter and then Caleb Morgan. So the, all, the whole, entire right side of the field was all of us Aussies at one stage. Like, you know, the, the wide receivers were moving around and stuff, but it was just a good little, you know. I think Lane Christian's ahead of their time ringing in an international roster because yeah. they, they might not have the, the talent uh, domestically, locally, that they just ring in the, the also international. Also it's such a small school there. Yeah, you know, six hundred kids. You yeah, said exactly. yeah. it's six hundred kids from P to twelve. So that's from kindergarten, Jesus, all the way to year twelve. Did the other schools know about the fact that there were so many Aussies on this team? Oh, they knew, yeah, but there wasn't just Australians. We had guys from Sweden. We had a guy, Alari Lane, from uh, Finland. He was six six. Is this is this is this rare to have so many kids from other countries, or were a lot of the other yeah, was, high schools doing that as no well? Other, no, no, we were we were coming against you know some really like I guess redneck schools. You know, we, <laughs> we had a we had a few we had we had a lot of color on our team, so we you know we faced a lot of diversity. And all that sort of stuff going, you know, we, we, I remember going up to a game in Gunnison and the coaches were telling us on the bus ride up, they're like, you realise that every person in this town is going to be at the game tonight. And we, you know, at first, like, this is the first Friday night game, you know, we're playing up in a country town that took us five hours to drive to on the school bus. Wow. You know, we, we, we leave school early in the morning, we drove up, went to Golden Corral and all-you-can-eat buffet place, and then, <laughs> and then we went to play this game and as soon as the game starts, when they're announced in, their team's announced in, Fireworks are going off. 
this is in a country town. Like there's like <laughs> five thousand people on one side, and then there is like our thirty people watching us. See that that's that just sounds like such an amazing experience to have. Like the the, the Friday night lights. I was the, just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah. I mean just to. And it was like the, it was a special game because it was their homecoming game. So it's the <gasps> so you had the homecoming. You know you have a few special games. You have your senior your senior night and your homecoming game. Probably the two major games of the entire year, and uh, we beat them. Which was uh, you even know, better. It was very good for us, you know. Got on the school bus quickly to get shuffled out of the town. Oh yeah, no. So we were actually so at the end of the game, we had all our bags um, already with us because at half time, the coaches thought we might actually have a chance of winning. So they said, <laughs> "Geez, that's a great mindset." Oh, we may actually win one. No, no. Like we're, we're actually like you know because it was a very close game. But the whole the whole point of it was we had to take our bags from the locker room because it's about it's always like a two k walk from the field to the locker room, and we would have to go through their stands. If we had won. So it was actually so told they, that it was dangerous for you to have done that if you would have won the game. Yeah. So the coaches made us. So ha- at half time, we're, wow. all t- you know, we're all still kind of tired. We're all lugging our bags back. Two Ks. So, so we walk back. We walk back. That was your half time <laughs> warm up. We were warm by the time we got back to the game because we'd, we'd already brought all of our bags back with all of our stuff in it. And we had them on the sideline with like the, with the cheerleaders. So they were like holding on to it. <laughs> Because there was nobody on our sideline. When like we had like fan vans come up, and we had like twelve seater vans, maybe two of them come up. So we probably had you know twenty or so people from the school, you know, watching our game. But it was it was so good, like when we won. But it was um, that's when we really kind of, I guess, realized that um, how big a deal football could be. Yeah, you know I mean, like there was there was fireworks going off every time they had scored. Like the other team had scored, they had a band there at the at half time. They had the cheerleaders come out, and then they had the like the marching squad come out. So they have two separate like dance teams that come out and do routines. It's crazy. I think um, obviously at the moment in the NFL, they're they're quite um, caught up on the idea of going international. Obviously, playing more games in London. There's been that new stadium deal um, to play more games in London over the coming few years, and and they'll have a team by 2022. That in terms of they've obviously had NFL Europe and all that sort of stuff. I think Leighton Christian Academy almost sounds like the perfect sort of um, example of uh, taking American football worldwide. The fact that you've got Australians, you've got kids from Sweden. Where else did you say? Norway? Uh, so Finland, Finland, Sweden, China, Japan, really? Vietnam, Whoa. New Zealand. Uh, there's no New Zealand guys this year, but there was like three or four. They should totally do like a little um, uh, doco on that or just a feature for like... It'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That's That's amazing. But like... Obviously, how did how did the um, other uh, countries' kids adapt to football? Are they were they were they infatuated with it, or was it more just that they went to the school, or, or how good were they? There wasn't many kids that came specifically for football. Okay. Right, the guys that came for football were all the Australians. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was Alari from Finland. He came just for football. Uh, one of the other guys, Alex Skripchevsky, he came pretty much for football. Um, and then the other guys that were playing. Because um, a lot of the Chinese um, came over on academics and they pretty much paid their way over. Which to Leighton Christian Academy in Utah. Yeah. That seems like just such a... Well, see, the thing is, like, with getting into high school over there, it's actually such a... It's a, it's really hard to get a visa, mm. you know, so that's, like, a really big problem. And a lot of schools, they have the ability to do it, but they don't want to put the time into it. And they have a, a program set up that they've had for years where they just know the ins and outs of how they have to um, go about... Go about you know, issuing visas to all these different countries and they just have it all set up pretty much so they can easily get kids from all over. You know, and they, they go on 
the millers who like run the program, they actually go on tours to to different countries and go and just pretty much advertise that there's this opportunity over here. Like we had, um, have you heard of Rwanda? Yeah, yeah, Hotel yes. Rwanda, like the movie with Don yeah, Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, my first picture. Well, there, was, there was, I think, there was seventy Rwandans at our school. Really? I lived with two of them. Wow. So to give you an idea of how international it was, in my house, okay, it's a six and a half story house that I lived in. Six and a half story, owned by the school. How do you have a half story? Because of the, I, I say that because Split at the very awesome. bottom, I literally to walk down, I'd have to go on my knees. Like, <laughs> really? It was, was it on campus? No. All right. So the, so where the school is, um, I was probably maybe a hundred meters up the road. Right. And then in the area, they owned, I think it was about twelve houses or. I want to say 10 to 12 houses in the area. Including in a Lighten. six and a half story house. Or were they all six and a half stories? Well, this mine was six and a half stories because it was on a hill. So you look at it from outside and it uh-huh. looks like a two-story house. Oh, and the right. stairs just keep going down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just keeps going and going. And then you get to the bottom floor and it's a flat backyard. Then you look back up and there's this massive house. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. But um, so in my room, I was in, a, in, in one of the quad rooms. So there was two bunk beds in this massive room. And uh, it was me. It was Kenny. He was from Rwanda. Igor from Brazil. Then Ken, we had Kenny and Ken. Two, <laughs> two similar what are the odds? Both from, and both from Rwanda. And then upstairs, uh, there was two guys. There was uh, Moon and Hansel from South Korea. Hansel. Yep. What a ripping name. I love it. <laughs> and then uh, Jackie and Chester from China. Jackie and Chester. Yeah. There you go. No, I reckon that uh, I, I didn't know because like, we've spoken to Bailey a little bit on and off the air. Like We've had him in here. We've had his parents in here. We've spoken to him off air. I didn't actually realize how international the school was. I reckon from just – I was just thinking from a um, life experience going over to a, a, a foreign country to play another sport would be cool enough as it is. But what was it like to actually go in and actually have that – surrounded by that diversity? I mean you, I don't think you could even get that much diversity in an Australian school. Um, usually you might get one sort of particular um, country that, uh, you know, you might get lots of Chinese students here or um, Koreans or something like that. But to get like a, you know, a range of, you know, European countries, African countries, that must have been pretty, you know, cool. I mean, interesting. Oh, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, it was, um, I laugh at it now. One of the rules at school was if you're in a group of three or more people, not from your country, you have to speak English because so many people, um, you know, there's so many different languages going on there, so people don't find it rude. Right. You are supposed to speak English if you... So if I was with, you know, a couple of the Rwandan guys and we were all having a conversation and a teacher heard them speaking Rwandan, they'd pull them up because, you know, come on, Bailey's just standing right. there like he has no idea what you're saying. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> well, you couldn't learn Rwandan? Did you, did you try to learn any of the other languages? I actually did. Uh, well, see, so the Rwandans spoke... Um, their, their first language is actually French. Right. And then they speak Kenyuranan. Yeah, so they they're all fluent in French and can you run it? So like that was crazy. I, <laughs> that, I learned I, I just learned how to, like introduce myself a little bit in yeah. like, French and stuff. But other than that, I didn't really. Um, it was just too hard. I didn't have the time on my hands. Yeah. So <laughs> where, where'd you come back from in Australia? You down um, down? Uh, you were from Western suburbs. You said. Yeah, I live in Point Cook. Point Cook. Okay. Yeah, so I grew up in Hoppers and then just recently moved to Point Cook. So what was the the main instigator for you to go? Yep, I'm going to go over to to Lane Christian Academy. Well, it was all because of Oscar. So when we were up at um, in Queensland, Oscar pretty much said to me, hey, there's this guy. I'm going to high school already. He's already he was already set. He's like, I'm leaving in a few weeks. I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I'd like to do that. At the time, you know, I'm on school holidays in term three of year 12, you know, thinking, <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I could go to high school. I was like, oh, but, you know, I'm like a couple, couple weeks away from finishing, so I can't exactly start high school again, can I? He's like, no, you can. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I can? He's like, Have you, st- you haven't started term three yet. I'm like, yeah, but I start in a week. 
He's like, yeah, so if you just go and sign your exit forms, then you won't use up your eligibility and you'll be able to play football. I was like, really? So then I got in contact with Jim Smith, who pretty much, you know, I Skyped with him and was talking through email and then he actually flew out to Australia to come watch us play. And then pretty much just from there, it was two weeks and I was on a plane. That's, that's, a, that's a quick turnaround if I've ever heard one. Oh, yeah. And obviously you don't regret it at all because you've done phenomenal things since then. No, exactly. So what, uh, once you finished your, your career at Lane Christian, did you have any um, inkling to go to college right away or did you have any offers or what was, what was the situation there? Uh, yeah, so I had a few preferred walk-on op- options, but uh, it just seemed too expensive because international fees... So you get there's three types of fees. You've got domestic, you know, your in-state tuition which is really cheap. Especially at state schools, yeah. And then you have out-of-state tuition, and then some schools don't include out-of-state and international in the same Mm. category, so you have international tuition. So what what, what schools were you looking at for preferred walk-on? Southern Utah. Okay. So schools just more in Utah because, you know, they had seen it. So they actually came, you know, drove up, and I met the coaches and stuff. Like, that was pretty cool. They wanted me to play tackle. Oh, wow. But he also said that I was too small. Mind you, at the time when he was speaking to me, I was 120 kilos, <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, well, really? Ridiculous. I'm too small? <laughs> yeah. And then it pretty much, you know, they, they, they offered me the uh, preferred walk-on spot, which is, you know, that's, that's I, I thought it was impressive, you know, at the time, because I had only started playing line when I came there, you know, I two weeks after arriving and starting a new position, I was playing a game in it, you know, and then I got film, I was able to get film for it to, to be recruited. Yeah. You know, and then I guess in the end, my size wasn't... Uh, well, really all there. well, it's funny. I mean, Adam Gotsitz, who um, unfortunately uh, has done his ACL and is out for the season now, he at six five and oh, two hundred and whatever, massive. Um, he's boy. considered small for a defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it, it's just it's a whole other league of um, big boys over there. I imagine, especially um, you know those African American lads are like you know just nothing but pure muscle. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is though, because you were. Even though you were 120 kegs, 90, uh, 6'4", you ended up losing a little bit of weight and started focusing on the punting. Yeah. And that's when you came back to Australia, decided to train a little bit. You've got in shape. You look phenomenal at the moment. Thank you. And as, <laughs> as Nathan Chapman said, Ooh, you're an effing punter. Stick to it. Yeah, So exactly. now you've so gone from gone focusing from, on yeah, exactly, a whole bunch of different... Trying to play other yeah. positions and, and trying to work out where it was. Because you know, when I had the option, when I was going to junior college... Um, I had the option to go to one school. Uh, Golden West wanted me to play D-end. Uh, Sack wanted me to play, like, H-back. And then OCC said, you can play whatever you want. And I was like, oh, okay. OCC, Orange County? Orange Coast College, yeah. So I was like, I'm actually... How did you turn that down? It's in Newport. No. It's... Oh, no, I go there. I'm, I technically go there. I'm just... He's enrolled, yeah. I'm enrolled. Oh, I really? started training with them, but um, I left before the season started, so I didn't lose any eligibility. Ah. And, that all, and now that's why I've come back. So you want to train a little bit... Build up your uh, exactly. your experience, all that sort of stuff, and then well, you, I, I assume you hope to get a Div One scholarship at some stage soon. You that's, want to get a Div One of offer? Co- of course, yeah. that's like you know that's everyone's dream to do. But I understand how uh, yes, uh, how competitive it is over there. Yeah, well, you're clearly I mean, motivated it's... because you work you work with the the Carlton Strength so, and Fitness yeah, Coach. So you? Matt Powell, he's actually my you know my strength and conditioning coach, and and I work with him you know, like a few times a week, and he writes my program and stuff, and. It's you know it's really hectic and at the moment you know we're just like going through it all and it's it's very new compared to anything that I've ever you know gone through before with a gym program even being over there you know over there it was just really just let's get a lot of you in the gym and let's just all do the same thing but this is all specific to tailored me. this is tailor made for Bailey Flint like this is 
all for me. <laughs> I think that speaks um, volumes, of the, especially just from the you know uh, a very broad sense. Um, your commitment to actually you know honing on the details, and obviously you know uh, especially now, uh, Cha- uh, Chappie has you know this uh, this you know reputation that uh, if you can get through the program and you know his uh, recommendation that you know uh, that that's from a punting perspective you know um, a golden tick but I suppose from a strength and conditioning perspective you know doing all that work and getting someone who's a you know a real professional to to do your program uh, I think that uh, that can only look good on your I suppose resume when coaches are sort of evaluating you yeah 100% like I like to I like to whilst I'm home I only work on weekends and I only work on weekends so that I don't go out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I can't even choose. Like, even if I wanted to, I don't like to, I don't drink alcohol anyway, but even if I wanted to, I couldn't because I got work every night, you know? And then through the week, all I do is pretty much just eat, sleep and go to the gym and train. See, the, the person he sounds like, this is what Blake O'Neill did. Blake yeah. did double sessions every uh, morning and night in the gym to put on the weight because, you know, he was a model and, you know, it was pretty fault. <laughs> Sorry, Blake had to rebuild again. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I just I love the commitment. Absolutely. And not only that, he you know, he makes his own ice cream as well. <laughs> well, you can't I never know you could I really, do that. I really like ice cream. So. <laughs> 123, now we know how he got there. Yeah, it, was exactly. all, it was all the you can well, eat ben buffet. And no, you know what, no, what it was, what it was is because I wanted to put weight on. So every night before I'd go to bed, Oh, I'd God. come home from the gym and I had casein protein. So casein is slow-releasing protein that I would have at night. So usually people would just have a shake of that and go to sleep. Well, no, I wouldn't. I'd go get a big Ninja Blender. I'd put about five massive scoops of vanilla ice cream that I bought the family pack of, <laughs> which, was like, which was like $2 for like five litres of it. You know, So it's half the freezer that we all shared was just my ice cream. So I took like five massive scoops of that. I'd do five tablespoons of olive oil, about 120 calories per, spoon, per tablespoon. <laughs> Um, I would put a massive lump of chunky peanut butter in there, <laughs> and then um, I'd put about maybe oh, one or two cups of milk, and I'd blend that up. Jeez, it's pretty would, decent, isn't it? So I wouldn't even drink it; it'd be that thick. <laughs> you just use a spoon. I'd actually get a massive um, big salad bowl, and I would tip it into the salad bowl so that so it would be about this concoction made about two liters. Oh Jesus! And then I would eat that, and then I'd go to sleep. I think yeah. Never going to sleep on, a, on an empty stomach. You could have gone on the Biggest Loser, mate. That's 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 some eating habit there. Oh, definitely. I could. I reckon I could have almost. So, what's the plan for the next couple of months then? At the moment, I'm pretty much just focusing a lot on like my technique and all that sort of stuff with Nathan as well. I just finished like my mobility sort of session within um, within my gym program. I'm heading into like my general sort of strength phase now. Just trying to pretty much just put everything together. Uh, get as strong, as fit, as fast as possible so that I can compete not only as a punter but as an athlete whilst I'm over there. So what what, what class are you looking to go into for fall 2015, 2016? Yeah, it would be I mean, 2016. 2016, yeah. yeah. That's obviously my goal, but time's on my side. I haven't started my eligibility clock. And you're still young. A lot of these guys from Pro Kick are obviously uh, a couple of years older than you. They've got well, a couple of years a, old, on a, you. Yeah, there's some guys. There's guys that are younger than me. Like yesterday there was Angus. He's only like 15. But then wow. one of the other guys. I did, there, I did see him actually. I thought he looked young. Yeah, he's only he's only fifteen. He's from Torquay, so wow. he's he's not going to go for the next oh, few years. He's got time on his hands like no tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and I thought I had time on my hands, <laughs> and I'm only nineteen. And then there's another guy. We've got another kid who's only seventeen. And then there's other guys that are in doing year twelve right now that haven't been in training couple, last few weeks because they've just been focusing like- on exams and stuff. So it's like we've got like, all these different ages there, and it's really exciting to see like how everyone's going to go. 
you know what I mean? And like where everybody's going to go. That's great, mate. Well, thank you so much for uh, for jumping in the studio with us, mate. We really appreciate it. Much. It was great to meet you yesterday. And look, we're, we're going to be following you throughout uh, throughout your journey, mate. I think you got uh, you got good things to come. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That brings us to the end of the show today. Chris Tyler and Lockie Miller. Unfortunately, that chat with Bailey did go a little bit over time, so we don't have time to get to James Arthur from the SEN NFL podcast to let us know the latest going on with Jared Hayne and all the other boys in uh, the NFL for Australia. But... We'll try to get him on next week and touch base with him then. Until then, everyone, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SEN America, and at Twitter, at SEN America. Have a good week, guys. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.